Thank you for tuning in to the First Gen Hunter Podcast, the go-to resource for those seeking to establish a foundation in hunting knowledge, skills, and tactics. You came back! I'm pretty sure those were my exact words when I had a second date with my now wife. She keeps me around though, so you should too. Today on episode 2 of the First Gen Hunter podcast, Brandon and I are going to first reflect on our spring outdoor activities, and then transition into discussing our plans for summer prep work going into the fall hunting season. Now, here's episode 2 rolling at you for your auditory enjoyment. Thanks for joining us again for episode number two. I got Brandon back here with me this evening. Uh, Brandon, thanks for coming back, man. I didn't scare you away with all those uh, haunting nightmares of when I first met you. <laughs> hey, no, it was a great time, a lot of fun, and man, just opportunity to talk about hunting. What more could you ask for on a nice evening? I tell you, it's great. That's right. Uh, if you can't be hunting, you may as well be talking about it. Am I right? Yes. Yes, absolutely, and it's nice to talk to a fellow hunter. You know, the wives sometimes start to zone us out after a little bit, so it's nice to <laughs> nice to be able to enjoy it a little bit together, you know? For sure. <laughs> sometimes sometimes my wife just, like, gives me that look like there's got to be something else we could talk about, maybe, like, <laughs> right. filing taxes or, uh, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. don't, you, don't you have a lawn to mow <laughs> you know something like that so yeah it's it's yeah. good to have a, a another uh fellow hunter who's and yes. enthused who's as enthused on the topic as i am myself so yes so yes. it's uh, nice that we can kind of have that that uh therapeutic role for each other here mm-hmm. so <laughs> i appreciate it very much yeah man for sure same here well i had two uh, good things happened today. Two, yeah, two about. pieces of good news, and and yeah. uh, our world is kind of uh, short shorthanded on uh, good news right now. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I figured it would be a welcome way to start the the show. Yeah. About a month ago, uh, I closed down a uh, credit card account, and I had about oh uh, a, a decent chunk of rewards money on that credit card account and uh, i I learned a valuable lesson by the way with rewards money when you're closing a credit card account Mm. if you close the account before you spend your rewards money i wondered about this i mean it makes Mm -hmm. sense uh if you do you lose that reward money so Mm. uh thankfully i spent it beforehand and you know i i got away (laughs) clean and everything so yeah. So, but I had some money to, to, to burn and I bought a new, uh, five pin site for my bow. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned in our last episode, I, that's one of my things for, uh, 2020 is getting into archery hunting more. I did a little bit of it last year mm-hmm. and, uh, man, 
one of the times I went out last year, I had some really close encounters and, and, uh, I, you know, as a, as a hunter, that's only been, been hunting for five years now. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, as, as incredible as it is when you're in the stand with, with, um, a gun or a muzzle loader, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, you, you get that buck fever rolling, of course, mm-hmm. I'm not, not going to downplay that, but man, when you're standing five, 10 yards away from a deer. Oh yeah. Oh man. Ooh, that, 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 that there is how addictions form, man. <laughs> 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 The dopamine. Yeah. When you can see the whites of their eyes and you are that close just in on the action, I mean, it creates, it, there's something about that that, you know, can't be, cannot really be exactly replicated with, with the gun hunting. So, I mean, it's pretty incredible to be able to, you know, to really have to get that close. And I mean, and that's why there's a, there's an extra level of talent, you know, involved, obviously, aside yeah. from the weapon itself. I mean, you're talking about having to be in that much closer. Your, your smarts related to wind and everything else set up and everything has got to be just that much, you know, at more of a, a peak performance. So, I mean, pretty awesome that you're already, you know, getting into that side of things and excited to see what this next season brings. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm, I'm really hoping to, to get that first kill this year. And part of that was, the, the the bow I bought, it it had a sight on it already. It was a uh-huh. it was a new setup and and uh, it was a nice sight, but it was only a three pin. And just I think if I was a a hunter that had the experience of you know like like you, somebody who's been hunting for thirty years, been shooting sure. a bow for a long time, um, I would I would feel more comfortable with a three pin sight, just being able to make that calculation in my head. Okay, he's at I'm ranging him at 17. I got my pins set for, we'll say, you know, uh, 10, 20, and, or 10, 15, and 20 or something like that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'll just feel better being able to dial in a little bit closer with, with uh, the five pins. So, anyways, I went, sure. I went with that five pin. And uh, my wife, she's actually getting into archery with me this year. I figured... You know, I'm pretty much at like square zero, maybe square point five, and so <laughs> this might be a good time to learn together. So she got a nice bow, ah, absolutely, um, and uh, uh, we just got a cheap sight for it right when we got it, just for something so she could start flinging arrows in the yard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that thing was was it truly was. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my bow fishing rig now. We'll just say that, <laughs> you know, where you only have to shoot like three yards. So <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> and a stationary carp. So so um, I gave her that 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 nicer sight that came with my bow, and uh, I put this five pin sight on there, and everything went on fine. And it, you know, it, of course, it's all Allen wrench hex mm-hmm. screws and everything. Well, I go to I, I shoot it the first time and left to right it's it's like pretty much right on the money, you know. It's, okay. It, things never work out that way, you know. You put a new yeah. scope on a gun, you're just hoping you don't like accidentally shoot the neighbor or something, you know. <laughs> Who knows where that <laughs> yeah. thing's going? But uh this was it was way low, mm. but it was it was left to right pretty much right on the money. Mm. And actually uh one of the things we're, we're going to have uh, eventually on First Gen Hunter website, so firstgenhunter.com, we'll have a way to show you how to sight your bow in if, if you are new to archery. And uh, that, that 
there, there's a really simple and effective way to do that. And so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll post some in- information about that soon. But uh, going through my normal site in for my bows, my bow site, and I go to take out that the, the bolt that allows me for my, my vertical adjustment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that thing is not moving. And of course, mm-hmm. you know how it is with, with bows. Like every, every bolt on the entire bow matches with with uh, a regular you know grab it out of the three dollar bin yep. at at yep. the hardware store mm-hmm. uh type of allen key you know wrench key mm-hmm. except for the sites they have that <laughs> weird 964th so you got to yep. buy like the special key for it and everything mm-hmm. so i'm like cranking on this thing and um in my family we have there's there's uh many things that we do that um, are probably laughable, you know, just like in every family, there's like your little family nuances or whatever. Yeah. One of those things though, my dad is a big dude. Okay. He is, yeah. he, he looks like an NFL offensive lineman. And, <laughs> and you might remember when I ordered my t-shirt from hunt fish life yes. at the hunt right? I yes. ordered a two X. So I'm no, I'm no uh, dainty uh, feller <laughs> myself. And so what our, 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 th- big uh thing that we do that usually leads to some kind of material disaster is <laughs> we do what we call hoss things mm-hmm. you know so i'm not really sure the the origin of the word hoss i always get this picture though of the character from you know the 1970s bonanza uh <laughs> yeah. film you know just this big giant guy who you know yep. slaps guys heads together and stuff like yep. that yeah so we hoss things and so I'm cranking on this thing for everything I got. And I that bolt was stuck so tight that I've never seen this happen before. But I actually got the bolt and the Allen key to spark inside the head of that bolt. <laughs> hey, it's a new way to start a fire in case you're out there and you're lost in the woods, you know. <laughs> that's right. I could not get this thing to move. And, of course, the sparking metal that's flying out of there are all the edges of the inside of that bolt. So I stripped yep. this thing terrible, man. Mm. It was it was bad. And it's a recessed, it's a recessed bolt yeah. about a quarter yeah. inch in there. Hard to access. And But, you know, you're, like, trying to, like – make yourself feel better and you're like oh i'm sure i didn't strip the bowl i'm sure i just i just wore down the edges on this allen wrench i'll just buy a new allen wrench and it'll just come right out of there it'll be no problem so i ordered a couple of allen wrenches and of course because of everything slowed down right now um with the pandemic it takes like a week and a half for these wrenches to get here oh yeah so I I go back. I'm like, all right, sweet. I got these wrenches. This is gonna work. I'm just I, I just gotta believe that it's gonna work. <laughs> and of course it doesn't work because I stripped out the bolt. Mm. So it's like at this point, all right, am I gonna have to get like a bolt extractor or tap and die or whatever to get this yeah. thing out of here? Um, I start looking online. Terrible reviews on pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, uh, do I really want to spend this money for what all these people are saying isn't going to work? So I call yeah. up the company where the bow site's from, and they're like, yeah, we could probably tap that for you and, and pull it out of there. And, but it, we're all backed up right now because of uh, all the shutdowns and everything. So it'll be about it'll be about eight weeks before we get it back. <laughs> oh, man. 
eight Goodness. weeks of your off season when you're supposed you're right. to be dialing this equipment yeah. in. And yeah, I, really. Yeah, man. And here I am, a noob archer. You know, mm-hmm. I know that's that that's hoping to go deer hunting and and mm-hmm. you know be able to have some success. And I need all the practice I can get. And it's like, yep. all right, I got to take this and try and get it figured out myself. So. Mm-hmm. I tried the JB Weld trick you may have seen before where you put a little yep. dab of JB Weld inside the head of the bolt. Yeah, that yep. snapped instantly even though I let it cure like I should and <laughs> it, oh man, it was it was, it was just, worth a shot at least. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> man, it was uh so I'm I'm getting pretty hopeless here, but I order I finally find a kit that gets decent reviews. Mm. It's not just as expensive as buying a new bow site. <laughs> and, and so right. I, I order it and it came in yesterday. So this morning I finally had time. I was pretty busy yesterday. I had time this morning. I'm like, all right, I'm going to give this thing a try. And just to spare you the whole long details of how it happened, mm-hmm. it happened. And I got the stupid bolt out of there. And nice. uh, it did, it did uh, take me like literally snapping off the whole head of the bolt <laughs> that's how goodness, stuck that man. thing was and then i had to, then i had to tap the actual post of the bolt and and pull the boat the bolt out with the extractor so uh it, it did work though and here's my yeah. tip if this ever happens to you mm. go nice and slow with it I think mm. the reason there's so many bad reviews out there is people are impatient and they want to just yes. they want to slide they that bolt. It. Yep, they they want to hoss it. They want to they want to <laughs> slide it out of there as easy as it went in. So you, you gotta you gotta take your time and mm-hmm. and uh, and wait for it to happen the right way. So so I I I did that and I got it out. So that was the first piece of great news. I got a new bolt in there already. Nice. Um, tomorrow I'm planning to take it out and start flinging some arrows and, and get things nice. on target. So the other good thing, this is, this is something that every first gen hunter wants and that's that they lead to a second gen hunter, right? Yes. So, so trying to establish that, that tradition of hunting and, mm-hmm. and outdoors in your own family is a big deal to most hunters. Yes, especially uh, hunters with with kids, yep. and uh, so my family we we pray before every meal uh, that we mm-hmm. eat together, and and um, tonight I asked my my son uh, Jonas I asked him if he, he he's going to be three here uh, really soon, okay. and uh, so he's still a little guy, and uh, I asked him Jonas you want you want to pray for supper tonight, you know. Uh, Ask for the blessing for the food and yeah, and uh, he's like, yeah, sure, I'll do that, you know, or whatever a three-year-old says, and, and <laughs> right. uh, he's praying and he's like, and Lord, uh, thank you for uh, Brant's house and that Jonas was able to find an antler and Daddy was able to find an antler. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's this guy that we go to church with, awesome guy, yeah. um, just a, a a really really generous guy. He let us come out to his uh, farm in, uh, uh, I mean, just whitetail haven, Heaven. really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. and look for sheds this spring, and and uh, I found a really nice uh, heavy side, and uh, I you know. Jonas, quote unquote, right? Found yes. found another another one, and um, <laughs> so that was that was a couple months ago though, and he was 
he was still thinking about it and and uh, so that made me pretty happy as as yes. a uh, father of hopefully a future outdoorsman and just his interest that he's already showing at such an early age so yes so that's uh, amazing yeah that was that's, it's, that, it's pretty you know it's interesting as a parent you know and you can even reflect on this as an outdoorsman you know when we're growing up and you know I'm you know I have memories growing up with with my dad doing you know not just hunting and fishing but even other things and you know how much you enjoyed that as a kid but then when you get older you realize wow it's actually even more enjoyable watching your child make those memories and so it's it's kind of it comes full circle you know you're in the midst of enjoying them when you're younger but then you get older and you get to see memories being created in your children and it's like wow that's that's even so much more powerful and so to be able to instill the outdoors and these different things into them and to see them you know enjoy it you know you're you know you're just you're hoping that they do you know uh, you know partially selfishly in the sense that you know you want to you want to enjoy time with them you want them to enjoy it you want to bond through that and so it's just so cool to see sure. them grasp a hold of that it's pretty amazing for sure you said it perfectly i mean it's it's a weird shift that goes on in your brain and mm-hmm. and it's exactly as you said you know to see them have that that same enjoyment that that you find in it that's just yes that's and you can't push them into it you know it's mm-hmm. which is the thing and and yes. so when they when they have those experiences and, and that excitement on their own you're not just forced them into it that's 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 really what what you know puts a smile on my face as a dad yes yes absolutely yeah for sure well let's go ahead and get into the the main discussion of our show today which is we're kind of entering into maybe what most hunters would would refer to as the doldrums of of hunting here we've <laughs> we've uh we've got a little ways before um hunting is uh aside from maybe some nuisance uh species or or rodents <laughs> or something like that uh you know you can go out and shoot groundhogs probably but yeah yeah right um um or coyotes, I suppose, but yeah, but uh, those those target species for putting meat on the table, those seasons are uh, pretty much done for the spring now, and um, we got a long wait until uh, I know some states start to open in. Uh, let's see, maybe squirrel or or dove around the end of of August mm-hmm. or uh, early September, and then of course. Mm-hmm. Deer are usually most states I think are around either mid September to beginning of October. I know in Iowa it's October one. I believe mm-hmm. Illinois is the same way. But point is, we got a ways to go, man. And yeah. So yeah. here we are on just the other side of these spring activities for an outdoorsman. Mm-hmm. And we have the normal summer work that goes into having a successful fall hunting season. So yeah, let's address those two things today. And I yeah. thought I thought a creative way to maybe address the uh, activities that we would have done that would be normal, I guess. I guess from my perception mm-hmm. here in the Midwest, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, normal yep. for an outdoorsman to take part in in the spring. I I came up with these four activities. If you want to change the rules of the game here and add a fifth, (laughs) 
or more, I, I guess, um, uh, <laughs> you could do that. But I figured we'd go through these four, yeah. these four uh, activities, and then rate how we would say these these uh, pastimes or activities went for us this this spring. So, on a scale of one to ten, mm-hmm. how would you rate your experience for turkey hunting? Mm-hmm. Shed hunting, mushroom hunting, and fishing mm. this spring. Now, before okay. before well, before yeah. you get started here on your scale one to ten, what what does it require? Well, I'm not necessarily saying that to get a ten, it had to be like, dude, I just killed Grandpa Gobbler. This bird was like <laughs> on the ark with Noah. He was so ancient, you know. He's he had like four beards and. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it has to be that. It could be. Maybe. Maybe you didn't get a turkey, but you know, you never saw so many birds before, or your, your mm-hmm. one of your kids was with you, and and they had a fun time, you know. So just, sure. I guess, kind of like on a positive versus negative scale yeah. of one to ten. Where were you on turkeys, mushrooms, sheds, and fishing this spring? Okay. Yep, yep. Well, I'll kick it off with the, the turkey side of things. I would say if I had to rate it, I would say here in Delaware this year it was probably about a seven, a six or a seven. Oh, nice. um, we have a lot of, you know, friends in the area that, you know, for some reason the birds were not gobbling as much as they normally do. They were, you know, it was hard to get them to talk back to you a lot. We did still in, – in Delaware, the season typically goes – we don't have a fall season for turkey. Um, we only have a spring season, and it typically runs around April 15th to May 15th. Um, and historically, the, the first two weeks of the season are usually a little slower. The last two weeks, sure. things really start to heat up. You know, you're getting on some hot birds um, and whatnot. And so this year, it was – you know, we were hearing the gobbles. Um, we had, you know, we had a lot of gobblers on the different properties, but it was really hard in Delaware. Uh, it's something, you know, with anyone that that's familiar with turkey hunting, you know, typically what you're doing in the evening is you're going and you're driving around, you know, you're, you're wanting to see where they're, where they're in the fields because they're close to dark, you know, they're going to be roosting, sure. um, not far from where they're in the field. So you're trying to identify that. And, uh, you know, we have several properties in, in Delaware that border state land, uh, which, which is is great for for most type of hunting deer hunting and different things um but when it comes to turkey hunting um you actually have to be drawn in a lottery to hunt state land um so it's kind of it's it's a little interesting particularly on the turkey side of things deer hunting different things you can you can have at it you know there's there's not a lot of restrictions for a lot of the state land but with turkey hunting it's a little different um and so we had you know one particular property where man our property is actually a small piece there it's only about 25 acres um it's surrounded by about about 1600 acres of state land um and we had the birds down i mean like seven gobblers just down on state land three four hundred yards down past the the border of our property and we you know unfortunately because the field is owned by the farmer we couldn't hunt the field so that makes it really challenging Mm. because you know you're you're calling to them and they want you know they want to ultimately see where it's coming from and they can't see it so we had a lot of interaction um you had a lot of goblin not as much as we'd like um but the the one real positive was um one of the newer guys um in our you know the club that we have who uh 
was in hunting a little bit years ago when he was a you know an early teenager did it sure. a little bit and got out of it for 15 years you know he's now been able to get back into it so he's we've been able to mentor him a little bit and he got his first deer this past season in awesome. January and his first deer in like 15 years wow, uh, and he awesome. was able to get uh, turkey which was really cool he was able to shoot last year he actually got a bearded hen which is which is huh, pretty cool. rare. Um, yeah. You know, it happens about 10% of the time, about 10% of hens have beards. And in Delaware, um, you can only shoot a bearded bird. So, so you get sure. one bearded bird per, per season. Um, and so he got a, a bearded hen last year. And then this year, um, a nice Jake came in, gave him a good shot. He actually uh, missed it on the first shot. That thing actually took off flying and fortunately just kind of flew perfect, kind of flipped around, flew perfect. And he was able to get that second shot and knock it down out of the air. Nice. Uh, so that was really, really cool. You know, it, it just celebrated that with him was was pretty amazing so i mean pretty cool you know despite the the challenges you know we're we're you know go, kind of going over kingdom come but but at the same time restricted because we can't go into those state properties and whatnot yep. because of the lottery system um so we you know ultimately made the best of it and we're able to see someone you know enjoy that you know especially as kind of a, a you know back to hunting kind of newer to the to the hunting side of things just to be able to enjoy that and that's that's what it's about you know and, and for someone who's newer to it or hasn't done it as much for them to connect like that that really is what just builds that love and that excitement to continue coming back very similar to like you know a, a child you know you you're not going to take a child out you know and, and sit all day with them you're, you're going to take them out for a short period of time ideally in a place where you're going to see something to start to build that love so kind of cool to see people connect and just see that glimmer in their eye like wow they're they're really building that love for things yeah man that's 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 awesome that's a yeah. that's 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 what it's all about helping others find that that enjoyment that, that you know hopefully we we experience enough to keep us coming back and and mm -hmm. uh pass it on to them for sure yes now for how sure. about you Kent? what about you on the turkey side of things so turkeys that's actually it's going to be an interesting one for me this year. And if it was the same as this year, next year, I would not give it as high of a rating because the okay. reason I'm giving it this rating is because it was my first time ever turkey hunting. Okay. So I've, it's, it's been something that I've been wanting to do, but I haven't been wanting to do it as much as I've been wanting to get into uh, deer and pheasant hunting and again you know mm -hmm. I've, I've only been hunting for for five years you know so uh but that's kind of the whole mission of first gen hunting right is to yes. dive in and try new things and yes. and uh, uh just get out there and, and do it and so i started getting some gear uh for turkey hunting and um i was set up to go to a friend's property but it was hunted pretty hard mm. this spring and it there's a lot of turkeys out there. I see them when I shed hunt out there, and mm -hmm. uh, um, I've seen them when I've actually been out there sighting in guns. Um, but I, it just didn't work out this year. There were there were a lot of other people hunting out there, and it, it's not yeah. all that big of a property. And and uh, um, actually, my my best friend, he's been hunting out there quite a bit, and and they'd seen some birds, but. He, it was definitely an issue with with how much pressure there was. Mm -hmm. So I was I was like, well, I don't really want. I mean, I know there's birds out there, but it's a little bit of a drive, and you know, I might just try some public ground. So there's a new public piece that I actually went to for the first time uh, okay. this spring with my family. 
So my wife and my two kids, my my uh, uh, almost three-year-old son and my, uh, let's see, uh, uh, 15-month-old uh, daughter. <laughs> and so, okay. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we got like the kitty backpacks going. We brought our dogs. And in Iowa, it's interesting, most public ground in Iowa, you can see why it's not farm farm ground pretty quick. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so, <right>. either, <laughs> so either you got some pretty uh, deep uh, ravines and um, uh, more commonly the problem is it's really marshy, you know, it's really, yes. really muddy. So yeah. we all got covered in mud and we were out there shed hunting and, and just mostly kind of just trying to check this new piece of ground up that I've never hunted on yet so we we went out there then and I was like you know what that that place is supposed to hold turkeys I think I saw a few turkey tracks when I was there and so we decided well let's just go or I decided I'll just go turkey hunting up there so sure so I went up there I didn't have much time um just with with other things going on with uh you know school and everything sure and um I got out for the first time, though. I only went twice. I went out and did two sits. Okay. Uh, the first time I went, I think I heard a few gobbles. I was mm-hmm. I was uh, as best as a novice could do, using my box call to give a couple there of yelps go. here and there. And, yeah, and, sure. And uh, uh, trying to work the call a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll tell you what, though. The first day I went was so perfect, the weather. Mm. I mean, just yeah. just perfect day and i was so relaxed and uh, i really enjoyed it but didn't see any turkeys while i was hunting of course you always see them when you're driving down the road and everything else yeah yeah right exactly or when you're deer hunting right you don't (laughs) see any deer uh but but uh so i had a great you know great first experience in that sense that i just went and I'm actually writing an article about this right now that'll be on the, the first gen hunter website about the importance of just going you know, mm-hmm. there's, yep. and I liken it to the difference between e-scouting and actual boots on the ground scouting. Oh yeah. Well said. E-scouting is awesome. I love mm-hmm. e-scouting. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, that's something I want to talk about in a future episode, just where that's, you know, how to do that effectively and, sure. and, you know, maybe some of the new things that have come out recently and so forth. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but, um, you, I'm sure you've had this experience. You do all this time on, on you know, a, a mapping app or or uh, you know Google Earth or something like that, yep. mm-hmm. and and those things are so cool. They're, it's a yes. detail you can see, but it you just don't know what the feel is like. Even if you're looking at topo lines, you yep. know, you just don't know what the feel is like of the landscape till you're actually on it. And so yes. where you thought you were going to, you know, set up your stand or whatever, you get there and you're like, oh, wow, that's totally unrealistic, you know, yeah. <laughs> and you yeah, would have never right? known that from your aerial view. And mm-hmm. so I liken that to how it is when you go to hunt a new species. Mm-hmm. The first hunting I ever actually did was a pheasant hunt. And uh, my grandfather, he he's hunted a handful of times in his life. And so I'm 26 at the time and he kind of kind of walked along with me on his farm and I had no idea what I was doing man I just <laughs> yeah. and I did get a shot off at a at a bird um okay but uh I I, I didn't connect or anything yeah. and yeah. and you know it's kind of disappointing when that happens but mm-hmm. at the same time it was like all right 
I've, I did this. I saw how this worked. I saw what it's like when a pheasant flushes in front of you and you actually have a gun yes. in your hand. Yes. And, and all, you know, all of that, how tired your, your, uh, your, your hips and, and, uh, <laughs> quads get from, <laughs> yep. from, uh, stepping over all that tall grass. Yes. And, and, uh, you know, you learn all those little things just by going that first time and realistically having virtually zero chance of feeling the game bag because you just don't know what you're doing well enough yet. Right. And that's sure. okay. That is that is totally fine. And and just being out there and, and, and seeing and seeing what the landscape does under different amounts of daylight or or you know, just at different hours of the day. And mm-hmm. and and taking all that in. And so for that reason, because I was able to get that information from the couple times that I w- was able to get out, yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a four. So okay. can't give it too high because I didn't see any birds. I only heard yeah. maybe some gobbling, but yeah. um, just just the the fact that a I'm hunting and mm-hmm. as the old adage goes, a uh, bad day of hunting is always better than a good day of work, right? Yeah. So, well so you said, can't yes. you can't get away from that reality. <laughs> But I'd give it a four for for just the what I, what I did take from it. So good. Well, so, Ken, I've got to ask you a question. Yeah. Because I know you have the mushroom side of things down here, and being from the East Coast, I have really no idea what that's all about. So I'm very curious what? to hear to hear what is going on with the mushroom hunting. All right, all of our Midwestern <laughs> listeners, right now, I am with you 100% here. <laughs> How does somebody not know what mushroom hunting is? No, don't feel bad. I, I won't. I won't rub it in too bad. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's things that that. What do you call somebody that's from Delaware? A Delawarean. Delawarean. There you go. Yeah. So I'm sure there's things that Delawareans do and know that that <laughs> that, a, that an Iowegian su- yes. such as myself. <laughs> and totally ignorant too. So, so uh, I, I won't give you too much trouble here. But, but mushroom hunting here, uh, there's different species of mushrooms that you can okay. that you can forage. And of, of course, I will always say this: make sure you know what you're picking before you decide to eat it. <laughs> right, there are yeah. there are more mushrooms out there that can uh, that can uh, end your uh, hunting days pretty quickly than yes. than uh, ones that that will. Uh, make a good meal. So, so yes. make sure you know what you're picking, get, you know, go with an experienced person. Don't, don't try and figure it out on your own. You know, <laughs> right. make sure you do a lot of, a lot of, uh, research online, looking at pictures of what's good, what's bad, that, that type of thing. Yes. But morel mushrooms are the big target, uh, mushroom here in the Midwest. And, okay. and if you're really good at it, you can really clean up. And if you have the right time, you know, uh, it's so time sensitive. The the mm-hmm. window of good mushroom hunting is very narrow, and um, uh, to, and not just because of, not just because of competition. I mean, there's there's yeah. a lot of people out. You know, shed hunting gets more and more competitive every year, but mm-hmm. it does not even come remotely close in my experience to the amount of people that you come across mushroom hunting. Wow. It's crazy. There's there's a lot of competition, but I would still venture to say, just as uh, even though uh, uh, there's people that find a ton of sheds every year, yeah. You know, uh, I got a good buddy who uh, in 
in the 2019 shed season by himself, no no four-wheeler, no truck, no dog, uh, by himself, just walking 105 sheds. That is incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that just, is incredible. Guy's a machine, and and uh, he he had a great statement once. He he's not a man for a lot of words, but when he talks, it's like you listen, right? So yeah, he, right. So his his statement was, "I'd hate to know what I've walked past." <laughs> oh my so I think the same thing applies to mushrooms. Despite all the ones that people find, because they have that narrow window of of you know when they're around, I think a lot of them just you know, they, they, they die and they reabsorb into the earth. And wow. so, um, and it's just like such a sh- really small window in which they grow. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. You know, maybe <laughs> you're talking, you know, you could probably stretch it to from when people start finding the very earliest ones mm-hmm. to the last ones, depending on how the season is, you know, you might get a couple weeks in there, but where it's really wow. good, like it's going to be productive when you yeah. go out, you know, you're talking maybe a, a, t- 10 day to t- maybe two week window where it's, it's really, it's really prime, you know? So yeah. if you got something going on on those weekends, you know, your mushroom season is pretty much uh, not going to be that great. So you right. gotta, you gotta have the time, gotta have the right conditions. So this year, yeah. um, I guess I might as well go ahead and, and rate my mushroom season. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say a one. Oh, man. And I give it only a one because I was able to get out a couple times for the first time yeah. in, in several years. Uh, the last several years, I was uh, coaching a spring sport mm-hmm. at the school I was uh, working at, and uh, that just dominated all my time. I had no time to get out and and uh, um, go look for mushrooms. So this year I actually yeah. did, but the time that I had to get out this year, the conditions just weren't right. Um mm. I got out a little early on uh, a couple times that I went out. It wasn't quite into the prime time, but then mm-hmm. I did. I did head out once or twice during what would normally be that prime time. But mm. we had kind of a, a different uh, weather this spring. Certainly better than yeah. last spring, where everything was flooding. Uh, yeah. So it, it was. I'm not complaining about that, but it just that right mixture of moisture and mm-hmm. temperature wouldn't hit. You know, we'd get a warm day, and uh, you know, you, you, from from research, you'll find that you really want a, a string of nights that where it doesn't dip below forty degrees mm, for, okay. for uh, you know maybe a week or so, and yeah. and uh, we would kind of get close to that. Then we'd have this random like freeze, and it wouldn't rain, so it'd be warm, mm. but we wouldn't have that yeah. moisture there yet. And then yeah. when we would get it to rain, it would be like high 30s, you know, mid 40s. Yeah, just not really warm enough for that optimal yeah. growth. So people were mm-hmm. kind of finding them here and there. A couple of people who had a really sweet patch, you know, they would mm-hmm. they would still clean up pretty good. But um, yeah, it just wasn't great around here. So I'm going to go ahead and give myself a one. Okay. Um, obviously, since you didn't know what a merle mushroom was, <laughs> <laughs> you can't really rate yourself there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, um, I mean. Uh, you know, I can't, I can't speak to mushrooms very much. I mean, literally the funny thing is the only experience I really have with mushrooms growing up is, you know, you see them in the yard and all I remember my parents saying was, you know, don't eat that. Yeah. It's going to hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd be like, all right, let me kick that. Let me run it over with a lawnmower, you know, things like that. Um, For sure. you know, one of the things, one of the things that's, that's cool, uh, about Delaware, you know, one of the, one of the kind of the cool things that we've been able to do that's a little different is to use just our, our little bass boats, 
um, in years past. And typically the, the good season to, to get out for something like flounder, you know, one of the, one of the real popular saltwater, you know, fish, sure. you know, right off the coast here in our area, uh, you know, is, is right around mid June, mid June, right around July 4th. And, uh, so, you know, for years, my family, you know, and I had a, a large boat, you know, center console. We'd go out, you know, had a great time. We'd go out, you know, even, you know, several miles out. We'd do inshore. And, uh, you know, one weekend, actually, about 10 years ago, actually my birthday weekend, the, the boat decided to go down, break down, and oh. that was that. And uh, so at the last minute, we, we that, that day, we just thought, you know what, why don't we take the bass boats? And we've got just a little, you know, a couple of them are 8-foot, one of them's 10-foot. Sure. You know, let's just take the bass boats down to the beach and fish off the shore you just kind of go out a couple hundred yards there's a there's a rock wall right there uh that you know in this area there's a very popular it's called the cape may lewis ferry which runs from the beaches of delaware to the beaches of new jersey and uh you know it's it's just a little spot right off the beach and so we carried them down there and you know just in a handful of trips that summer we ended up catching over 100 flounder and flounder are amazing to eat um they're so fun to catch and uh you know we're able to even get some night trips in actually we've enjoyed you know almost every year we'll we'll plan to go out and do a night trip on july 4th or whenever they're doing the fireworks in the area and because of where it's at you can actually see like five fireworks shows going on all at once uh right like up the coast and then across the way in new jersey so it's kind of cool yeah that's that's Um, really cool Oh, it's amazing. And, you know, it, there's uh, kayaking, you know, kayak fishing is getting more popular and all that. But, you know, you don't usually see people out there in little tiny bass boats, you know, just jigging for flounder yeah. right in the rock. So it's pretty, pretty cool to do something like that and a little unique on our side of things. Yeah, let me know when I'm invited, man. I'll, I'll, uh, sure, I'll yeah, trade you absolutely. some mushrooms for flounder. <laughs> Hey, maybe we can mix them together. You know, yeah, there some, we go. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah, all right. That'd be, that'd be a little. <laughs> that'd be a different take on surf and turf, but we'll, right. we'll go for it. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, well, give me your rating on the shed side of things. I know you were speaking a little bit about you know your experience with things and some stories. Sure. Went out. What what would you rate your shed hunting side of things? Sure. For today's tip of the day, we're going to go ahead and turn to the real expert on this show our 30-year veteran hunter, <laughs> Mr. Brandon Martin from Hunt Fish Life, our, our uh, co-host here on the First Gen Hunter Show. Brandon, what do you got for us? Yeah, thanks, Ken. So, I mean, hey, guys, uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, proponents of deer stand hunting, you know, uh, standard setups. And one of the things about deer hunting is, you know, sometimes the smallest of things can make the big difference. You know, we talk about preparation a lot. One of those things is, you know, with deer stands and, you know, how you're hanging them, you know, you're out there, you're in the woods. One of the things to consider is an angled setup based upon whether you're right hand or left hand. You know, sometimes it can be really easy. You locate a stand, you know, you locate a spot, you locate a great tree and you're going to set it up, you know, you know, straight on to, you know, where you think your anticipated target's going to be. Um, but one of the things to consider is, you know, if you're a right hand shot, you're going to have a natural swing to the left. If you're a left hand shot, you're gonna have a natural swing to the right. So you want to compensate for that. So for me, I'm a right hand shot. Um, so what I'm going to typically do is set it up on about a 45 degree angle 
angle, close to 45 degree angle um, from where I'm expecting to have an, a shot opportunity. Um, the reason for that is it's going to allow me to cheat to my right a little bit. So if something does come from my right, I'm set up to have a shot. Um, if something comes from my left, I have an easy swing to the left for a shot. Uh, and it would be the opposite for a left-handed, you know, individual. So something simple like that is really important to be thinking about. You know, we've, we've talked on other episodes, you know, as well about, you know, uh, placement for stands and, and things of that nature. You're talking about the sun coming up. You're talking about morning versus afternoon setup. One of those simple, simple things is just when you locate that great spot, factor in that angle, whether you're right hand or left hand, to make sure that you give yourself the best possible shot opportunities. So something to consider when you're out prepping, you know, as you were coming into this next season, be thinking about that because sometimes those very small things can make all the difference when it's game time. Wow, that's an excellent tip. Thank you, Brandon, and we hope you guys enjoy the second half of the show here on the First Gen Hunter Podcast. Well, I'm glad we can switch to that topic because as miserable as my mushroom hunting season was, uh, I actually had a pretty good shed hunting season this year. Um, Awesome. Certainly, though, not on the level as my uh, friend Brandon that I was just talking about. Uh, he's <laughs> he's on a uh, whole new level than I think I'll probably ever achieve. Um, but <laughs> but um, he he uh, actually was kind enough to join me on a shed hunt this nice. spring. Yeah, and you know how that is when you 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 get kind of you get like maybe serviceably good at something mm-hmm. but then you like hang out with somebody who's an expert and yeah it's like oh so that's how it's done <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you really was... see the art that goes into it it's 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 a different it's, it's a difference maker when you can see that oh man absolutely uh and and that's how it was you know i just for the short time that i had with him i learned so much but but yeah so this year you know i had work was just crazy um i was at a new (laughs) school teaching uh, several new classes and uh just you know a ton of work to to come up with enough content keep 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 all the paperwork uh um you know caught up and everything it's just it's a a lot of hours so when when you're Mm -hmm. starting out as a, a teacher somewhere so um i was i was pretty much buried in work and and, you know like we're talking probably averaging for for long stretches um in the 80 some hours a week you know uh definitely some weeks where it was way more than that (laughs) you know probably getting up into that yeah yeah that uh high 90s uh number of hours in a week you know definitely seven days a week so i was yeah i was getting i was getting slammed with work and that's not good for anyone who even if they're not (laughs) outdoors minded to have to spend all that time in front of a computer or or a stack of papers or whatever so yeah i um kind of forced myself you know it wasn't too hard, right? You know, I love shed hunting, but, but uh, I forced myself to eat that cake. Uh, but but I, I I did really make an effort to get out and shed hunt after mm-hmm. work uh, a lot of days. So what I would do is I would stop by this city park and uh, I would 
just for I don't know 45 minutes, just hustle around the yeah. the trails there, the game trails, and sure. uh, check out the transition areas real quick, bedding areas. Um, not really any f- feeding areas. There is ag, but it's all that's all private ground surrounding. So I can't really like look for sheds out in the cornfield or anything like that. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I took what I could get and I, and I did log a lot more hours than I did the year before. Part of that is I had a brand new baby born on February 1st last year. So that's, that's prime time for yeah get, or getting close to prime time for shed hunting and certainly, sure. you know, just busy with new baby stuff. And mm-hmm. we had a ton of snow last year too. So that, really changed how sheds were kind of distributed deer were really piled up on each other and yeah you'd hear people go out and find zero and then somebody else but i found 45 this weekend you know it's like yeah right right (laughs) so it it was it was a weird year the year before but this year i was i really went after it hard but i didn't find a shed until um well, like I mentioned earlier in this episode, when my when my son uh, was uh, praying at supper time, uh, yeah. when we went out to my buddy uh, Brant's place, and he was gracious enough to let us check his ground, and yeah. I found a real the best shed I've ever found, just a real awesome, yeah, real hammer of a of a uh, let's see here's a left side, and yeah. uh, just stood out beautiful it was out in the corn stubble and uh, real real mat, you know good mass to it and mm-hmm. not 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 i don't want to get carried away here it's not a giant shed but it yeah, was sure. definitely my best one yeah. and and then five minutes after that you know i i was like all right let's try and match it up here and i didn't find the match but i spotted the one that uh jonas found right <laughs> and and, <laughs> yeah. and so i right away there was like finally you know something's breaking here and getting on the board and and so that was like early march and then I went on a kind of a shed trip to one of my hunting properties mm-hmm. and uh, didn't find anything then. Let's see here. I went out, oh, maybe late March, really early April. Yeah, I think it might have been early April, actually. Okay. And uh, I was with my family, had the kids in the baby backpacks and my wife along with me. And <laughs> I actually have uh, um, a article on this on on the first gen hunter website for uh okay how to restore a disgusting old chalk antler (laughs) 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 this baby had been baking in the sun it got rolled over by a tractor and hit by a bush hog i mean it was nasty (laughs) but the burr on the bottom of it was still pretty much intact the brow tine was still there uh, it was so, and it, and my son picked up a good piece that was laying next to it that uh, had like the G, the mostly intact G2, okay. and a little bit of the G3. And so, yeah. um, I was like, you know what? It's so hard to find these things. Yeah. You have so many miles go into them. I'm taking it. And my wife, yeah. you know, kind of gave me that look like you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and uh, right. so, so uh, I scooped that one up and and. Uh, then on that same property, oh, maybe a month later, I found a really nice eight-point deadhead. Oh, and, uh, okay. So, yep, had to had to go through the DNR and everything for that, and yeah, get the salvage tag and, mm-hmm. and all that. So, uh, I, I went through that process. Got was able to get him, and that's actually going to be another article too. On I, I'm attempting the uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it 
people uh, talk about like burying a dead head uh, to no. let uh, all like uh, insects and bacteria break oh, down all the remaining mm-hmm. hide. So this this thing is probably yeah. my guess was probably killed during one of the gun seasons mm-hmm. in Iowa, and it was dead right next to a creek. So you know it seemed mm-hmm. like he was mm-hmm. kind of going down for water and yeah. Uh, but real nice rack on him, perfect intact, no chews, really yeah. bleached out from being in the sun all winter and spring. Yeah. So it was hard white, but it wasn't it wasn't uh, in bad shape or anything. So that yeah. was cool. And then I found a nice little uh, forky side that same day. And, okay. And uh, yeah, that kind of ended up. I'm trying to think if I found anything else. Oh, actually, I forgot to mention at the yeah. uh, back in December, I kind of in a way got my first antler. I came up on a a deer that had just gotten hit by a car and I pulled over to report it to the police because he was, yeah. he was just laying there in the, like oh. right, on the, right on the dividing line. And yeah, he was still alive. He was sitting oh. up and his, his head was That's up. A he was looking around. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there. I, I, I call the County Sheriff and they were going to send a deputy out to pop him or something and, yeah. and, uh, or, or take care of him, whatever. And, uh, he gets up and goes off, but I noticed that he was missing an antler. Oh, and, wow. And uh, so I'm like, man, there's there's an antler here somewhere. I'm just going to yeah. look around. Sure enough, there it is laying right in the road. And Oh, my and goodness. So the person that hit the deer, you know, they took off. They weren't around or anything. And yeah, so yeah. I was like, man, I'll just, it's either going to go into somebody's tire or, or I'm going to snag it. So I snagged it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that was kind yeah. of my first. That was in a way my first antler of the year. It's kind of a cheater antler, but but hey, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it it was a sweet way to to finish shed season though with that nice deadhead yeah. and that, that little. Well, it's it's interesting thing. that you mentioned that because you know there's been some interesting articles that have come out you know in different uh, places like QDMA and and uh you know you just mentioning that kind of made me think of it um one of the practices that has been popular in years past with different and it may still even be popular um is setting different things up with whether it be um different type of fence material or something around a food plot area where deer would feed during that time frame where they're losing their antlers and you know the the thought process being as they have their heads down, as they're feeding, oh, yeah, yeah. it would get caught into things. And, and, you know, the antlers would come off. And it's really come out that that can cause brain abscesses yeah. if if the antlers are pulled out. You know, it's, you, it, what, you know of course, ideal is that they, they fall out on their own or as, you know, just the natural course of time, they're going to come out. And if they're forced out, it can cause those brain abscesses that can then sometimes, you know, it can take months for those to, to really develop. And then, you know, almost always will will eventually result in killing the deer. And so, you know, most of the, the, you know, agencies are, you know, very much against that in terms of trying to avoid that. And so, uh, you know, I can, I can say from my perspective, I really didn't make a lot of time, you know, to, to shed hunt this, this year, you know, just with, with being so wrapped up in, you know, I kind of mentioned during the last episode, you know, kind of really kind of misbalancing my time, uh, you know, during the hunting season, yep, I was out yep. there so much and, you know, and then I was, uh, you know, I just kind of had to make up for lost time to try to rebalance things towards, you know, that, that first part of the new year and several months. So, um, I did find a good, you know, a good right side of a solid eight point, you know, is it probably a, oh, a, nice. a pretty decent two and a half. And so, uh, definitely excited to see 
what it could be this next year. And so was able to find that. And I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's like, it's like trail cam photos. It's like any one of those things. It really amplified even from that, you know, when you are able to find a shed out in the woods, I mean, it's just like, Oh my goodness. I mean, you just, you just feel like, you feel like you've been able to to you know find gold. You know you're out there. Tre- it's like you feel like you're treasure hunting, and you're able to find something like that. And so yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, I, if I had to rate my you know my time, I would you know I'd probably say a three or four because I didn't spend a lot of time out there. Sure. Um, and just was fortunate to. And even that one, I really stumbled on. You know, I'd kind of I walked off the normal trail that I was walking and thought I saw something. It was kind of buried, you know, a yeah. little bit in the leaves and whatnot and was able to, you know, get that. And so, you know, but, but the cool thing about finding those, you know, you just, if you have a lot of trail cam pictures and you know, you're able to start piecing together in, it could have been this deer, yep. it could have been that deer. And you're able to kind of start to piece together the story of, of a deer. And what's so cool with those sheds are too, and you're finding those sheds, man, that deer is alive, you know? So I right. mean, wow, yeah. you're thinking, man, okay, wow, here's one that man confirm it. You know, maybe you get to the end of the season, you're thinking, man, I, I don't know anyone on my property or near my property that got that deer, man, I hope it made it through. And so you start to find those, those sheds and it's like, wow, you know, the hope for the next, season and what it's going to look like is just incredible yeah man for for sure all of the above i I would totally agree with you there yeah so so sounds like you know all things considered anytime you can find one shed you know that's just nice to to feel that monkey off your back you know absolutely and and uh yeah so sounds like you had a pretty good year for the amount of time you were able to put into it and i definitely had had a nice year and so i would i guess i would give myself probably like you know i'm still not at that point where i'm I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm really consistently, you know, finding mm-hmm. a lot like my, like my buddy that I mentioned, but mm-hmm. I would, I would mm-hmm. still give myself and, and, and the other factors I put in there beyond just finding the, yeah. uh, the antlers, uh, finding some new ground that might be good potential hunting ground and there you go. finding, uh, I guess, new access for shed hunting even. Right. So, yeah, sure. Uh, that, that friend of mine that was nice enough to let us come out, you know, that was the mm-hmm. first time I've ever shed hunted his stuff. I just asked him, and, and he was yeah. he was all about it. And actually, yeah. something kind of cool that I should mention here. So I'll give I'll go ahead and give my rating as a, as a 7 for this year. So that was there good. There you go. But one of the other things that went into that was really cool was last year I found a really sweet antler. It was the only mm-hmm. antler I found. As I mentioned, I was really busy um uh, during the shed season with my daughter being born and mm-hmm. and um didn't get out much but i found a road shed i mean you're talking you know how many how many of us we're all we're, all of us deer hunters are are bad drivers during the rut and during uh <laughs> during uh shed season because our eyes are not on the road <laughs> you're right yes well said <laughs> and so how many miles of country road have i gazed at through the years and this is the first road shed that i find and wow. it was like 10 yards onto somebody's <laughs> private land. And yeah. I tried to look up the landowner, um, yeah. some guy who owned land in Illinois, but uh, was lived out in California. So I tried yeah. messaging him, no response. Uh, it was a double, nice, beautiful double brow tine. Um, oh, wow. Pretty, good, pretty decent mass. I mean, not, nothing huge, but nice. Yeah. Definitely a really sweet antler. Yeah. And... Uh, I snapped a picture of it, and but I I left it there because I just didn't feel right, you know, taking that yeah. off of somebody else's land and yeah, and uh, 
So I've been bummed about that. You know, I kind of felt yeah. like I kind of felt like the one that I got from the the car collision was kind of uh, <laughs> yeah, right. you know some kind of uh, payback or something for, yeah, right, right. for that the one I missed out on. But um, actually, I now have my official I, I call it my um, consolation antler because the okay. guy who let me come out there he found a nice antler when he was out working in his field. Yeah. And really cool antler. It's 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 really a, a, a pretty big antler. I mean, good yeah. mass, but really long tines. And the mm-hmm. brow tine might actually be the longest tine. The G1 is... Are you serious? Yeah, it's it's. I've never really seen one like it. How I mean, just where and they're all all the all the all the tines are about the same length on yeah. this antler. So I have to send you a picture. It was pretty cool. So yeah, he, he just gave that to me. So that's my consolation antler for the hey, antler that awesome. I that I had to leave uh, the year before. So mm-hmm. all that all that to, I might even give myself a seven and a half on that. So yeah, that, that was a good not? year. It was a good year. <laughs> well, we talked a little bit bit about fishing you mentioned uh, uh how you like to hit the flounder in the spring and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um i i know you've done a little bass fishing i've seen some mm-hmm. of your stuff on social media um mm-hmm. on the on the hunt fish life uh facebook page mm-hmm. and i actually uh i did a little ice fishing this winter it was jonas's okay. first uh actual fishing experience he actually reeled in a couple fish caught Nice. I don't know, maybe five, ten fish, and he was just loving okay. it, man. Yeah. And, and uh, that's a good parenting tip, by the way. Uh, make sure you know the ice is safe, of course, and maybe right. even put your little guy in an ice or in a life jacket in case the worst did yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. But but no casting involved. You're mm-hmm. you're in a heated shelter. Um, yep. You know you, you're just sitting there in a chair, and and. Uh, yeah, we really had a good time. Um, but awesome. then uh, on Mother's Day, I actually went out with my brother-in-law and uh, did a little bass fishing. Nice. And just um, there's a pond in the little neighborhood housing addition yeah. where my parents live. And we just went out there and both caught a few bass. And Well, I caught one bass. He caught more than me, but I caught the I caught the best fish. I caught <laughs> there nice, you go. Like, nice. <laughs> yeah, probably a nice two and a half or maybe, there you go. maybe pushing three pound bass. So not okay. bad for early spring, you know, fishing. And yeah. So I'd, I'd say my fishing so far this spring, I'll go ahead and give it uh, just because I've only been out a couple times with mm-hmm. the ice fishing. And then uh, uh, that one time with bass fishing, I'll go ahead and give that a, a solid six i haven't gone out enough yet but i've i'm I'm two for two right so yeah yeah no i i would i would you know basically mimic that on my side of things i mean what's been interesting here in delaware is this spring has been cold and windy and rainy i mean it's usually you know bass fishing is one of like my specialties i mean i love to bass fish we catch hundreds of bass a year and it just what we loved it one of the things we really love to do and um normally first half of may is like man we're slamming them you know you go out there you catch 20 or 30 you know pretty regularly with just you know two or three of us and um so far this year i mean i've been able to go out and you know we were out uh, just a few days ago actually and we caught you know around 12 to 15 um which was okay i mean all things 
considered, you know, with the, the, the water temps not quite where we want it to be sure. as of yet, and the wind has just been, even that day, it wasn't supposed to be that windy, but we got out there and, you know, my goodness, it was it was windy again. So, I mean, we're trying to get a little stabilization of, of the weather a little bit, to, you know, because normally, normally May is gold. So, I'm hoping that that's just kind of being pushed a little bit. Um, but I have been able to get out with, with my children a little bit um, and was able to take them just a few days ago, and they both caught a few fish. And, nice. Um, you know, just, just a little bluegill and whatnot but they just you know they had the time of their life and oh, you know yeah, it's just sure. amazing to just see them enjoying that and you know you know just once again they're just building memories that they're going to look back on and hopefully lord willing be able to replicate you know with their kids you know one day so cool to cool to start building that and in that respect you know you almost can't help but give it you know an eight a nine or a ten because you're able to really build those cool memories yeah for sure man that's what it's all about when you're yeah when you're you know we've said it before just when you when you're getting them involved it's that's really the, the that's 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 the best part of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well we're we're uh running a little long here so uh probably better uh let our i better I better let you uh get back to enjoying your your uh time off from just getting to be a uh a bachelor for a few days here. I I you tell could you, probably I, even get away with a little night fishing. <laughs> right, I know. If the weather was better, I mean, you know, actually, I was prepared to to go out fishing last night for a little bit before, you know, you know, doing some other things and whatnot. And it, unfortunately, the weather just did not cooperate for yeah, me. Yeah. But I mean, as soon as it does, you know, it, you know, of course, I love my my kids and my wife, you know. But when they go away, you know, it's a great chance to, you know jump out and try to get a little fishing or hunting in whatever season it is so for sure fortu- I know that is. fortunately you've been gracious and you know trying to balance things out and it's nice as as the kids start to get older because you can take them along that you know the, it can become a it can start to become a family thing rather right. than and you know an individual thing and i know like you mentioned you know with your wife and with the bow side of things no that's cool the more you can incorporate your family into it the better yeah 100 percent, absolutely yep so uh, as we as we kind of wind down here on this mm-hmm. this episode, with the the theme I guess we could say was you know as we head into the the summer months here as our spring mm-hmm. ends, and we we do kind of enter what we would consider the hunting doldrums. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your what's your number one thing you want to achieve with your summer? prep going into the fall hunting season so um could be something with scouting could be uh, mm-hmm. getting some stands set up trimming some mm-hmm. shooting lanes or or um maybe it's not even to do with deer hunting at all maybe sure. maybe you uh got some plans for a fall turkey hunt or, or dove mm-hmm. dove hunting mm-hmm. or, or waterfowl or, or whatever what what is the one thing that you really are going to put an emphasis on accomplishing this summer to set you up for fall time success yeah yeah great question and i mean it does it, it, it's it's strategy you know and that's the that's the beautiful thing about it you know obviously there's a place out there for you know uh guided hunts and and guys going and and paying money for different things and whatnot and that you certainly respect that but there is something about being able to manage a property um sure. and and to be able to to hang stands and scout and all those things and you know it's 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 awesome in the sense of being able to prepare like that. In my case, we, you know, our, our you know, properties that we have, we have four different properties that encompass a few hundred acres. And, you know, we've, because we've had them for long enough, you know, they're scouted well in the sense of we've got a lot of stands already hung, things like sure. that. 
Um, I, I think the key on our side of things, you know, kind of multifaceted, you know, on the, the deer hunting side of things, um, key is going to be, you know, two, twofold, you know, getting the food plants, the food plots in, um, which is actually, we're just working on that over the next couple weeks, you know, getting everything taken care of, getting the food plots in. Um, we've got, uh, we've got a neat, uh, type of food plot that we're going to be putting in that is a mix of beans with sunflowers. Oh, uh, nice. And it, it's really cool because it provides a lot of forage um, so the deer won't mow it down too quickly. Sure. And so what our plan is, is to utilize uh, that. It's actually from the Whitetail Institute. It's a seed from the Whitetail Institute. And uh, basically to be able to utilize that in two thirds of the field to provide cover and then create a, a kill plot in the back you know, third of the food plot fields to be able to really kind of protect those things and then do clover, you know, do clover and alfalfa back in that, in that type of area. So we're really excited nice. to do, you know, that type of thing. Um, you know, definitely come, you know, late, you know, probably mid June getting, you know, things like trophy rock. And there's a lot of, a lot of different, you know, types of things out there. One thing that I've had a lot of success with is trophy rock. And in terms of, uh, you know, getting product out there, uh, for the mineral sites to be able right. to get, deer pattern and you know you know you, you really work hard not to hunt those same sites you know in the fall you try to keep them going and try to keep them secluded and separated from your hunting area but it works out great to be able to get those pictures of those deer yeah, as they definitely. are growing and then on the other side of things you know i'm, I'm a big dove hunter i love to dove hunt um one of the properties we're blessed to, to hunt actually pretty neat um you know anyone that dove hunts knows you know power lines are like you know just a, just a, like yeah. a haven for dove you know they love to land on on power lines they feel secure um in this particular property interestingly enough um about a quarter mile away has a big patch of sunflowers oh nice which is amazing um and then in in our property which is just a quarter mile away maybe not even quite a quarter mile away um uh, you know just power lines that run for as far as the eye can <laughs> see um and then corn in in you know coming up in the field this year is going to be coming up so really cool to be able to get back there and kind of just really set up guys uh, you know along the power lines and then as dove are kind of transitioning from the sunflower fields over over to the field, you know, um, yeah. of course you wouldn't, you know, you don't, you know, shoot them off the, the power lines right. that would be unfair and you can't do that. But, you know, it's a perfect spot to set up as they're coming back from those sunflower fields. And so had a great time, you know, in the past hunting that looking forward to uh, really having another opportunity to get out there this year. And, you know, you, you mentioned it, you know, being able to get out there early season and being able to enjoy that, you know, while you're waiting for the deer season to come in is kind of cool in Delaware. It's kind of unique um, because in Delaware uh, you, the deer season actually starts september 1st oh, wow. um so so our our bow season starts september 1st and goes until like february 2nd wow um and, and you've got you know a muzzleloader handgun shotgun you know different seasons mixed into it um so it's pretty cool you know that said you know early in the season what we kind of like to do is uh we we hunt a lot of state land in order to keep the pressure on our properties lower. Um, and so sure. what we like to do is that early part of the season when you're, you know, in the process of, you know, patterning deer and everything, you're trying to be really strategic in terms of how much you're hunting the property, trying to, you know, explore other areas that maybe are on the, on the peripheral of those properties. So that we kind of keep the pressure light. So a lot of that is just kind of rotating the pressure, being smart about, you know, using, you know, the maps, you know, being very careful with the wind, those types of things, trying not to 
hunt over, you know, a mineral site, things like that that are promoting, you know, long-term health and, and rack development, things like that. So, you know, just trying to be smart about those things and trying to diversify, enjoy, enjoy the symbol, enjoy being out in a cornfield and hunting dove, you know, enjoy, you know, an evening sit and, you know, for, for deer hunting and, and, you know, for me this year, trying to take a little bit more time off to, you know what, Hey, this weekend, maybe I don't need to go hunt and I can spend it yeah. with the family, whatever, trying to be more balanced. So that's, that's what I'm kind of looking at in the, in the months ahead. How about on your side of things? Yeah, man, that sounds, that sounds like you got a good plan that doesn't just benefit your hunting, but will, will hopefully benefit your family. So that's, yes. that's, that's really an important, important thing to uh, consider. And obviously shows you got your priorities uh, in the right, the right order still. So yeah, Thank for me, um, I guess maybe I could kind of break it up into uh, uh, what I'm, I'm species I'm going to be chasing after this mm-hmm. this fall. Um, definitely want to do a kind of a dove kickoff to uh, mm-hmm. the fall hunting season. I did that last year. Really enjoyed it. Um, that was actually uh, another example of I'd never done it before, and okay. I was like you know what, I'm just going to do this. I found some some uh, decoys for really reasonable price online and nice. uh, yep got a got a thing of decoys and um, went set up with some friends and, and we had a good day we we uh, uh, f- found a pretty good spot on a nice. guy that we know he let us out on his uh, farm and yeah we had a really good time so I'm, nice. I'm looking forward to trying to expand that a little bit more mm-hmm. this year mm-hmm. um, maybe do a little public ground hunting for dove and there you go. Yeah, I think it would. I think it'd be fun to uh, to really hit it hard for maybe a weekend or so. Yeah. Again, trying to trying to balance the the uh, family life side of things, of course. Yes. But, <laughs> so so yeah, I kind of have the same plans, kicking it off with doves, and then as I mentioned before, deer season doesn't open in Iowa until October first. I believe there's a youth season before that, but okay. But otherwise, archery doesn't begin till. Um, October 1st, of course, my, my kids are uh, still way too young to do a youth season yet. So mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that I won't be doing any deer hunting until at the earliest October 1. But I do I would okay. kind of like to hunt the opener this year um, yeah. since it is my first year of really hitting it hard with, mm-hmm. with archery uh, mm-hmm. deer hunting. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to hopefully get on that pretty early in October and then uh, work going in for that. I'm wanting to do a little bit more with stand hunting. I just okay. started doing that last year. Uh, stands are one of those things where, you know, when you, part of, one of the biggest hurdles I think for first gen hunters is all the stuff. You know, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. even not even just affording it, but knowing what do I get. You know, yeah, and so, sure. You know, I've been learning a ton there uh, through the years and and, mm-hmm. and figuring out more of what what I really am looking for. And so sure. I, I, I did that for the first time last year and I really enjoyed it. I see the value of it. Um, yeah. I'd kind of like to maybe f- get more into the run and gun game, especially for archery hunting. Uh, mm-hmm. not so hardcore. Like some guys are out there, like, uh, where they'll literally, uh, end up maybe, uh, changing their stand, placement within a day of hunting you know mm, mm-hmm. but but certainly more mobile as to i'm going to pack one in and you know i will have a kind of a pre-calculated spot where i'd like to set up based on the conditions for the day and yeah you know yep. what, what i believe deer are 
going to be up to and you mm-hmm. know kind of the trails are going to be taken and where they where i'd expect them to be feeding and so forth so i'm gonna i, w- I would like to do that and um uh, I don't really, I, I have access to quite a bit of private property, but I don't have a ton of freedom to manipulate that property. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I've had some talk with another guy who uh, hunts one of the properties that, that I'll, uh, that I hunt. And, uh, we'd kind of like to put in a, uh, food plot that would kind of carry into the late season a little bit better. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I believe, uh, I think, uh, brassicas are good for that. And, uh, um, oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, so we're, we're kind of thinking about putting in some of those, uh, in mm-hmm. this. And it's, it's really kind of a wet spot, though. So we're not sure how much, mm-hmm. how much, uh, planning we'd actually be able to do kind of around. We'd have to definitely plan around that. So, okay. Okay. We're kind of, we're talking about it a little bit and maybe do some of that to help with those late muzzleloaders hunts. Or even if I still have a archery tag in my pocket coming along come around you know into january or something like that then that would be that would be good to to have that so Mm -hmm. um that's kind of the plan there for deer hunting and then pheasant hunting i mentioned i i think i mentioned this in our last episode Mm -hmm. now uh one of my goals for just 2020 in general is to uh do a little bit more work with my dogs um yep I, i did a little bit before last season but definitely not enough um in years past uh pre-kids i did a lot with uh mm-hmm. with uh my male and uh now with my uh female uh she hasn't had near the foundational work as as uh, my male has so i need to do more work with her but she's got really actually really good potential she's got a really good nice. nose yeah she's got a really good nose on her and and um you know i i, I want to do my part and help her yeah. help her uh reach her full potential there so yeah. so that's what i'm going to try to do on on the pheasant hunting end you know and and uh try to try to get my dogs in a little bit better shape and yep you know here's something that i think all hunters you you'll probably agree with me here mm-hmm. it definitely applies to me uh, yeah. I'd like to get into a little bit better physical shape going into the hunting season it gets to yeah. be you know, when you're doing like a long, uh, you know, you've set aside maybe a week to hunt. Those yeah. early mornings, and uh, let's be honest, we're probably not eating the best food during that time, <laughs> right? You know, right. Yep, grabbing yep. a Pop-Tart or something from the mm-hmm. gas station or around here, the uh, uh, gas station pizza is uh, K- Casey's <laughs> Pizza. That's the, uh, that's the thing to have, and... Uh, that 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 doesn't that you know as good as that stuff is everything in moderation right you know yes if yes, i'm gonna, if well I'm gonna be if i'm gonna be pounding the casey's pizza during my uh week off of uh of of rutcation or or whatever you want to call it yes uh, oh, yes. Th- then uh <laughs> i need to uh, uh be putting in the 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 backlog of of uh hard work to uh, be in good physical shape before I totally uh, ruin my body with, with pizza and <laughs> early mornings and late nights and, and yes, dragging well deer hopefully and climbing stands. And oh my goodness. So, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to just get in a little bit better physical shape for hunting. And that's something to take seriously too. If you're, if you're a listener, that's, you know, maybe, uh, you've, you've, uh, been hunting for a lot of years and, uh, so what I'm basically trying to do here is not insult you by calling you old, but uh, as we as we uh, <laughs> as we get older, 
seasoned and, right seasoned there there there's experience uh <laughs> there you go yep uh, that's a real uh a threat to um us deer hunters is uh, heart health you know oh yeah it's hunting hunting's hard work i'm always reminded of that and surprised by that every year you know you get all that gear on and mm-hmm. uh you, you got both arms usually full of something that you're trying yep. to take with you. You got a backpack on mm-hmm. and then when you kill a deer, you know, that's no easy task to, to, um, drag a deer back or, or, yeah. uh, um, even just, you know, field dressing the deer. That's, mm-hmm. that's, uh, um, you know, that's a physically taxing thing in and of itself. So for sure. So I think, uh, all of us hunters would do well to try and take care of ourselves and, and, uh, you know, maybe prevent a serious, uh, what do they call it in the hospital? My wife's a, she's an ICU nurse, a cardiac event, I think is the right term. Mm. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, s- set that foundation now while I'm still somewhat young. Yes. <laughs> but, yes. Uh, That's um, it. Uh, I think all hunters though should, should take that seriously and try to get a little exercise, uh, this, this summer and, you know, get in good shape. And hopefully some yeah. of our listeners have a really awesome uh, uh, hunting trip planned for this fall, like maybe a, a western elk hunt or, or yeah. moose hunt or, or something like that that involves uh, some heavy pack outs. You know, mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. got to get in shape for that. That's no that's no joke there at all. So Well, and the last thing you want to do is, you know, plan something like that. In many cases, you know, hey, maybe you're doing it yourself. Maybe you're doing it with a group of friends. Maybe you're paying a guide, you know. The last thing you want to do is get yourself in a situation where you really – either can't complete it or you can't enjoy it because you're just, you know, you're struggling so much, you know? And so, you know, preparing ahead of time, being smart about it, you know, is, is key. So, and, and it really is what we're talking about, you know, the, the prep work, you know, the prep work and we're talking about scout scouting stands, you know, targeting, you know, target practice, dog training, all these types of things that go into, you know, the summer prep work, you know, it's, important to think of it from that perspective as well when you're talking about you know what shape we're in and preparing for the season ahead yeah 100 percent. i couldn't i couldn't say it better well i i think we i think we covered everything we were hoping to cover today yeah. so so uh as always brandon I, I mean it's great great uh catching up with you and and seeing what's going on in in uh, the recent the recent history for you and yes uh, um looking forward to our our next conversation Yes. Can't wait. I, and you know, it's, Hey, it's great to, you know, enjoy these coming months together, you know, as we talk about the preparation and all that and just the journey ahead. It's exciting. Well, here we are. Episode two of the first gen hunter podcast is officially in the books. I want to give a monster buck-sized thank you to Brandon for co-hosting with me, and an equal-sized thank you to you, the devoted listeners, for tuning in. Please remember to check out the content that Brandon and his team are putting out at thehuntfishlife.com, where you will find links to all their social pages, as well as their store where you can load up on plenty of Hunt Fish Life gear and help rep their brand. Well, I hope you learned a few things, had fun, and maybe even laughed once or twice. As groovy as this podcast is, it is not the only content that First Gen Hunter has to offer. Please stop by firstgenhunter.com where you will find helpful articles written by yours truly, as well as links to the First Gen Hunter YouTube channel and social media pages. Take care and take someone hunting.